0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Timothy Petropoulos, here with the only twin that's not in Vegas parting it up right now.
1: Jason, what's good? I'm the worst twin. I'm not in Vegas parting it up right now.
0: Listen, no one's arguing that you're the worst twin, but (laughs) in in other news, today is week one previews, baby. We're (laughs) actually previewing real games and on Brodo. Is the only place we're gonna hear about every fantasy relevant player on a team for every matchup this week, and we got 16 full slate of games oh, baby. coming at you. Feeling Without further right. ado, feeling no way. Feeling okay, feeling okay, right. feeling okay. I've
1: been up high, I've been on the way. Thank you for the back, doing what it takes. Sacrificing everything,
0: I have ever a good again. So Michael's in Vegas. He actually works for a fantasy company. I'm not going to shout out the fantasy company because I don't know if Michael wants me to or not, but he's in the fantasy business. Let's not get legally. Yeah. (laughs) That's why he can't play DFS. That's why we stay away from DFS because he's not legally allowed to. And uh, yeah. So now he's out there with his people for opening weekend in Vegas. And me and Jason are here talking fantasy, being very jealous.
1: No, we got it better. We get to talk. He gets to... What does he get to do? Be in Vegas? Whatever. So... uh.
0: (laughs) Talking Vegas. eh. So let's make the most of our talking and talk. The first game on the slate. And by the way, I know you guys are thinking, but what about Le'Veon Bell? Hurry up and get to Le'Veon Bell. We are going to get to Le'Veon Bell in our second game. But let's go over the Thursday night game first because that's the first game on the slate. The Thursday night game, Falcons at Eagles, the defending champions versus the defending most overrated team in the history of the world. The Falcons and the Eagles. uh, Let's start with quarterback... Let's start with the Falcons. Um, Matt Ryan against a defensive line that caused a lot of havoc last year and just added Michael Bennett. He is a no-go for me unless you're in a two-quarterback
1: league. I 100% agree with you here. Uh, I actually don't love many of the options here. Agreed. Um, if I feel like this is a great game if you're playing DFS and you don't want to take anyone from this game. I feel like it's a great time to get into that Thursday through Monday slate because people usually attack the Thursday games when they do that and i don't think there's a lot of upside in this game. Uh these two teams have met the last two seasons. In 2017, uh the Eagles won 15 to 10, 2016 24 to 15 the Eagles won. So relatively low scoring games, more so last season. Uh i just Nick Foles is the quarterback there. He looked terrible in the preseason. Matt Ryan you you don't like.
0: So you're not playing either quarterback in this game. No. Definitely not because i mean good defenses versus Mediocre quarterbacks, that's basically what you get uh, if you add that together. Uh, let's go to the star, Julio Jones, on the Falcons' side. Um, it, you always start Julio Jones. He's a start every week, but does this strike you as one of those weeks where he could
1: blow one of his stinkers? It does not. I think Julio Jones is the one guy that I trust in this game. The Eagles' defense allowed only a third of their fantasy points last season to running backs. It's the lowest in the league. And Devontae Freeman has 56 rushing yards over the last two games against Philadelphia. So I think it's a disgusting game for Freeman. Uh I don't even want I don't even want to hear about Tevin Coleman. And but Julio Jones, even in the offensive struggles for the Falcons, has gone over a hundred yards in both games the last two seasons against them. So Julio Jones is the only guy I'm trusting in that Falcons offense. Devontae Freeman, if you drafted him, you basically have to start him. That's sometimes in uh season long leagues, you gotta start your guys even though the matchup isn't great. I uh, it's week one. You gotta start Devontae Freeman. But Julio Jones is definitely the top guy in this game.
0: Uh, it's a rare, very rare occasion, ladies and gentlemen, because me and Jason agree on every single thing that Jason just said. <laughs> yeah, I, I think Julio's a must-start in this game. I think that he's in line for a big game. It's not like the Falcons aren't going to put up any offense, and I think the offense they do put up is going to come through Julio. Um, Philly was third in DVOA against the run last seeded. They added Haloti to add some um, add some depth to that line to help stop the run. So, I. I think that with the Falcons, usually a high-scoring offense or a perceived high-scoring offense, even though they don't actually score high, um, you're going to only want to – Julio Jones is the only guy that I'm expecting a ADP-worthy performance from in week one. Not to say that the rest of these guys are going to be bust for the rest of the year just for this matchup. We got we to get transition. Right? I know it's hard to transition sometimes, but when you're thinking about what we're talking about here, we're not talking about rest of the season anymore. Those talks it's are week over. week 1, baby. Yeah, it's week 1. We're talking about season to season now. Those talks aren't over, but they're not going to dominate the conversation as if as it did, uh-huh. you know, leading up to the draft.
1: Let's go to the Eagles side. We already well, said we're going to We go we ahead. talk about all the fantasy relevant players, Austin even the Hooper. ones that aren't great. So, Austin Hooper, yeah. you're not starting. And Muhammad Sanu and Calvin Ridley, I'm also not trusting in this game.
0: Uh Calvin Ridley is um going to be it's going to be interesting to see how he's used in this one because he's not a true slot receiver. So, I wonder where he fits in this uh offense.
1: Well, he's definitely a wait and see approach with them, for
0: sure. Um, so we already said we're not taking a chance on Nick Foles here, unless you're in a two quarterback league. I think even if you're in a two quarterback league, Matt Ryan, I would play, but Nick Foles, I'm
1: thinking about uh, a little harder. honestly. In one of our broader leagues, I picked up Atlanta defense. I think they're a valid streaming option this week. Uh, I'm not. I'm not buying into the Nick Foles. I I guess you can call a hype coming off the. Super Bowl, but those were the best games he's ever played in his life, uh, with a lot of injuries up front. Uh, Alshon Jeffries out, there's not a lot of weapons right now for the Eagles,
0: so and let's go f- over some of those weapons. Uh, Alshon Jeffries obviously out, so who is the pass catcher that you're looking at? So, the options that we have Nelson Aguilar, and Mike Wallace, I think those guys stick out to you right away. Mac Hollins is hurt, although oh, he would have been a little sleeper of a player, mm-hmm. they like him a lot there. Sheldon Gibson is another wide receiver on that roster, who I'm just saying because he exists. And uh, (laughs) Dallas Goddard, they said he's going to have a big role in the red zone this season. So that's an interesting one to look at. Um, If you are looking at pass catchers here, let's say you have an open spot, wide receiver three. um, Who are you starting in that spot?
1: Yeah, so uh, the Falcons have Trufant and Alfred on the outsides. Is definitely not where you want to attack them. So uh, Wallace and Hollins are not guys I'm considering here. Brian Poole, on the other hand, the Falcons slot cornerback, had the worst catch rate allowed last season. And the best slot receiver last season was Nelson Aguilar. So with everything I've said about the Eagles, Aguilar is starting off the season with a dream matchup. You're looking at the best slot receiver last season against the worst slot cornerback last season. And the slot is where Nick Foles is going to throw it. He's not a strong-armed quarterback. So when I'm looking at pass catchers, and of course, Ackertz is always a must play. Uh, He was a favorite in Nick Foles as well. But Aguilar would be comfortable throwing out there as a wide receiver three.
0: Um, so Nelson Aguilar is that I would I would be comfortable starting Mike Wallace, I think, in this game as well. I think that he has a. Uh, He's gonna, be, he on a shot. He's gonna be on the outside. He's
1: gonna be response on him. I don't see I that. mean Aguilar's the
0: better play. But I think if you're desperate, Mike Wallace is an alright play. Um Jay Jai in the backfield looks to be the starter and looks to be the guy who's gonna get the majority of carries in the Eagles yes. backfield. Um the Falcons lost Antari Poe. They lost Adrian Claiborne up front. Uh, They already weren't great against the run. Of all the Eagles, I like J. Jai the best, and it's not just because I drafted him the other day.
1: Yeah. Um. Listen, if you if you drafted J. Jai, that means you drafted him in the fourth or fifth round and you're buying into the he's going to be a workhorse hype. So you're starting him, and I don't blame you for doing that. Uh, he should be the workhorse on this team. Darren Sproles is too old to even play anymore. He's, his role is going to be limited. But actually, I'm going to go with my dart throw here. Already, bringing it back from last season, my dart throw of the week from a Thursday game. I'm going to go with Corey Clement is going to be the number one waiver pickup off the waiver wire by the end of this week. Uh, Atlanta allowed mo- the most receptions to running backs in each of their last three seasons. Uh, as we said, the receiving core is depleted, so Nick Foles will have to rely more on Zach Ertz, Aguilar, and his running backs. And I think Corey Clement will get a little bit of work out of the backfield catching the ball. I wouldn't be surprised if him and Ajayi put up solid games.
0: I mean, one of the reasons why I got a jive is because he's kind of an underrated pass-catching back. Yeah. I think that he also has the wherewithal to catch passes out of that backfield. The the thing with the catch catching out of the backfield, Corey Clement definitely is a... I, I mean, like a threat at the goal line, I think. He's not... I, I, he doesn't really set up to be a pass catching back only you have two other guys on the roster though wendell smallwood and darren sproles it's interesting to see if they get a little run in on third downs it'll be something to watch but because Corey commit seems like the guy who comes in to play lead back once every three drives to give a jay a blow but he'll you know also I mean? catch the ball he will but i think it's while he's a lead back and then the third down backs back role, might go to Wendell Smallwood. You, you saw Doug Peterson last year was not afraid to use more than one running back, more than two running backs, more than three running yeah. backs at certain points. So, like, the roles are just not defined yet. And I think that outside of a Jai, it's going to be interesting to see in this game how those running backs are used. Oh, agreed. Uh, let's move on to the next game. The talk of the town right now is Le'Veon Bell. Let's uh, explain to you exactly what's going on with Le'Veon Bell. His agent said that he's prepared to sit out 10 games um, because – He is prepared because he can come back in the 11th game. That makes him eligible to be a free agent again last year. So let's say he were to sit out 11 games and come back on the 12th. Then he would automatically be re-signed to the Steelers in some. I don't know how the money would look or anything, but he wouldn't be eligible for free agency. Um, So that is a real. That's a real threat, because as of right now, there's two options. The deadline has passed where Le'Veon Bell could sign an extension. So that's not an option anymore. So the Steelers have two options. Trade Le'Veon Bell or bite the bullet on Le'Veon Bell. Or they le- just wait it out. Bite the bullet. Is what I, that's what I mean by bite the
1: bullet. So well,
0: they, they wait it out because, look, it's up to Le'Veon Bell whether he's going to sign the franchise tender or not.
1: That's him. I was going to say wait it out implies that they're going to wait till week 10. But wait it out could also mean they're just going to wait for Le'Veon Bell to come and play week 2. There's been rumors that he might not even play week two As at, the, at this point. It's a little... I know he's trying to hold out and preserve his health and whatnot. But let's say the Steelers are just as good without him. He's not helping himself.
0: Which brings me to a, my next point. The Steelers actually score one more point without Le'Veon Bell in the lineup than they do with Le'Veon Bell in the lineup in Le'Veon Bell's Bell's career. Now, Le'Veon Bell has missed exactly 16 games, which is a nice benchmark because you can see an entire season without him. They score one more point a game over an entire season. I mean, it's not a fluke at that point. On top of that, the running backs that aren't named Le'Veon Bell have averaged over 20 PPR points per game in his absence. On top of that, Jason, I don't think you're ready for these numbers that I'm about to tell you. Maybe you are. Do you know what Antonio Brown's numbers are in the 16 games of Le'Veon Bell's They're race? unbelievable. Unbelievable is not even the word. 207 targets, 146 catches, 2,080 yards, and 13 touchdowns. If that was a season, he would break the world. He would, yeah. break, the, he would break fantasy. If Bell doesn't play, he could. Oh, man. He could. <laughs> he could. He could. He absolutely could. Um, so... How do you feel about James Conner then? James Conner
1: is a must start. James Conner, I agree with you. If it washed up, D'Angelo Williams can be a running back one for the Steelers. James Conner can be a running back one. This guy is a talented guy. The he, only reason why he wasn't a first or second round pick is because he got cancer. Yeah. And he beat cancer and I was going to beat the shit out of the Browns. And
0: behind that offensive line who right now I think is the best in the league. These guys have been playing together for three straight years. They have a boatload of talent. And now they're all shitting on Le'Veon Bell, and they they're all hating on Le'Veon Bell. So you know they want to block for James Conner. I just picked James Conner up in my in my dynasty league, and I mean I'm in my keeper league, and I am so hyped. I put in a I put in a fab bid that was a little exorbitant in the the Brodo redraft league for him. What you put? I don't want to say because you promise you won't put in a fab waiver after this. No. To beat me. No. Put thirty
1: dollars. Why? Why'd you say that? I just said I'm not gonna promise. Well
0: they said no, like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do it. You, know, you can't do it now. <laughs> now I can No, you can't beat my thirty now. That would be the worst shit if you did that.
1: <laughs> Yo, you don't know what's in my phone already. That's horrible. Don't do that. <laughs>
0: All right. Um so how about the other weapons on that squad? James
1: Washington? Um, uh Juju. I think that Juju might actually benefit from Bell being gone as well. I agree. Um while A B's been a targeted all these years there's never been that good of a wide receiver two across from him maybe that's why he's been peppered with so many targets when bell is out because bell is typically the number two option there but with juju around uh he may be leaned on more for shallow routes turn the running game a little bit into a short passing game it's not like the brown secondary is very intimidating uh i'm firing up juju confidently uh, I'm also, what
0: about James Washington? Because now he was definitely like a not start for me, but now a, a slot has opened up. Juju and A. Brown get it. They're getting, they're starting.
1: I think it's a little crazy to go with James Washington at the moment. I think that, uh, you know, I liked this spot for Steelers tight ends. Uh, Cleveland's not great at blocking the tight end. And with Bell out.
0: I think the question is, which one is it?
1: Exactly. Mance McDonald's been out the preseason. He's questionable. But he's the more talented player. Way more talented. So that's a little bit of a bummer because you can't really trust either of them.
0: And yeah, Jesse James also,
1: he has his moments, but he's no... He's basically like a young... You know, I was going to say Antonio Gates, but that would be like a huge compliment. But I meant like Antonio Gates today. He's like Like, a young Heath Miller. Like he's not going to catch a ball unless it's in the end zone or something.
0: Um... Let's go to the Browns This is at the Browns Well Big Ben Oh Big Ben How do we stop How do we not mention Big Ben Now Big Ben on the road Against the Browns Struggled last year You know his struggles Against the road On the road What does Le'Veon Bell do For Big Ben's value I
1: don't think he changes it that much I'm still not starting him Uh, Interesting we, We know about Big Ben's Struggles on the road I mean it's as simple as that The Cleveland defense is A tad underrated Believe it or not. And I think that Connor will step right in and be the running back that they need. And I don't think Big Ben I mean Big Ben's been a top ten quarterback, I don't remember the number, like two times in his entire career. And he's always able to do it while uh supporting A B and Bell and stuff of that sort. So it might seem contradictory that we're saying start A B, Juju, Connor, but I still don't think Big Ben's a great play this week.
0: Uh i think big ben i think he's worth the stream if you're streaming quarterbacks i think that big ben is not a bad idea to stream but i'm not i'm not going to act, act like you should play him in dfs and play him for sure um let's go to the browns then uh for the browns we have a bunch of new weapons a new quarterback new everything let's start with the quarterback position tyrod taylor um Tyrod Taylor does not throw interceptions. He does not turn the ball over. In his career, he has a rate of turning the ball over 1% of the time. So he's going to have the ball. He's going to hold it. Um, Does he hold that ball and get into the end zone, or does he have a stanker? What do you think?
1: Uh, I'm going to go not stanker, but like a 12-point game. He's not someone I'm considering. Um, The Steelers led the league in sacks last season. That's not good for a quarterback who you just said likes to hold the ball and not uh, try to take chances. So I think that works against the Browns if they're smart, but Hugh Jackson's the coach, so they're probably not. Uh, I think Carlos Hyde is the guy that you're going to want to play this week. Uh, If there's any time his role is going to be as big as it is, it's going to be now. Mm -hmm. The season starting. Chubb hasn't really earned himself a role. And after losing Ryan Shazier last year, the Steelers allowed 5.1 yards per run as opposed to four point one without him. So it went up a whole yard. Uh five yards per run is it's not chump change. That is it's pretty terrible. Yeah, it's horrible. Great for Carlos Hyde though. So Carlos Hyde I'm starting confidently in this
0: and Carlos Hyde has a history of being the best player in the history of week one.
1: <laughs> yes. He does. So week one he puts up three touchdowns, eight hundred fifty receiving yards and four hundred right, rushing yards so every year. Whatever that's worth
0: <laughs> um I know you're not big on Juice Landry in the long term, but this is a Steelers secondary that has some issues. We don't know what's going on with Josh Gordon yet. Josh Gordon could play, could not play. Um, if he does play, are you going with him? And if he doesn't,
1: what's your uh, what's your outlook on Juice Landry? Uh, I think Josh Gordon is a wide receiver three because of his boom-bust potential. He really just needs to catch one like 50-yard ball. Because then if he even catches a couple other balls, he'll still be a productive wide receiver three for you. And he's definitely got capable of catching a 50-yard ball. So if you drafted Josh Gordon, you drafted him high, and he's going to be playing. So you got to put him into that wide receiver three spot. Uh, if you're in a two-wide receiver Especially
0: league. Especially in a head-to-head matchup against Joe Hayden. Joe Hayden definitely has lost a step, and yeah. he's not competing with Josh Gordon for balls. If
1: you're in a two-wide receiver league, it might be a little different. You might want to give it another uh, a week or so to see how it plays out, maybe throw a later round receiver like Keelan Cole in there instead, who has a good matchup. I just love that guy. I had to get his name in there. You do. But uh, Juice Landry, I think he has a safe PPR floor. Um, I'm I'm honestly interested in seeing how much work he gets because as much as we all talk about the preseason, it's still the preseason. It's not always the best indicator, and I don't see the Brownstone driver's Landry fades when they get to the goal line. So I'm – if you're playing Landry, if you have Landry, you're playing him. Uh, it's a decent spot from here against the Steelers. Uh, again, in PPR, he's a solid play. But I want to see how him and Duke Johnson coincide with each other because they're both going to be running similar routes. Uh, Jarvis Landry is staying in that slot where he excelled. And Duke Landry runs a little short routes. Duke, Duke Johnson. Johnson. And he was also lining up a little bit as receiver in the preseason. So... I feel like Duke Johnson might be the odd man out in this offense.
0: One of the um, caveats to the Steelers having a bad secondary is that Mike Hilton, their their slot corner, is probably their best corner. So when you're looking at that matchup, it could concern you. It could not. I think I think Tyrod Taylor tries to hit Juice Landry as many times as possible. Um, David Njoku, the tight end. How you feeling about him?
1: I am starting him as a back end tight end one.
0: I agree. I think that I love this matchup against the Steelers. Uh, those, uh, like you said, when Ryan Shazier went out, their speed at linebacker went down tremendously, and David Njoku is a athletic freak that is going to really pick on some slow linebackers like John Bostic in the. Yeah, the only the reason
1: he was right held there. back last year is because he had to split snaps with a guy named Seth DeValve. So, but in the preseason he played eighty six percent of the snaps. So, when he's playing. You want to start him If you drafted him
0: Seth DeValve Who made the roster Over Fan favorite um, Yeah
1: Kajust The
0: Holy the hard Cross product Favorite uh, Fun fact I used to write For the Daily News Sports section Their high school sports section And I once wrote An article about Devin Kajust, uh for While that? he was at Holy Cross Yeah <laughs> Interviewed him All that good stuff That's pretty cool He Actually, wasn't as weird then He was a little he was weird was just like a regular but dude That's then, why um, people like He's like a regular high school guy
1: The uh the defensive end, the second-round pick for the Browns, that got released, that from Hard Knocks, that seemingly Carl should Nassib. have had a sack on every a sack on every single play, but always missed the quarterback.
0: Oh, oh, I know you're talking about the guy who was competing with Carl Nassib. Yeah, I forgot his name.
1: Yeah, well, the Jets are working him out. Okay, Carl Nassib's uh, economic talks are hilarious.
0: Also got released, so Carl. Not a good economic time for Carl Nassib. I hope his interest has. Uh, uh right, so <laughs> it, has, it turned out right. Um, Antonio Callaway. No. No. Okay. Let's do we well, we already did the Pittsburgh side. Let's move on to our next game. It's going to be the Bengals at the Colts. The return of Andrew Luck. Let's go to the Bengals side first. Kenny Moore. For those of you who don't know who Kenny Moore is, that's the number one cornerback for the uh Colts. He draws the matchup of oh, AJ Green. Big game for AJ.
1: This is why you drafted him. This is where you want to start, A.J. Green. And uh, with that, I think Andy Dalton is a great streaming option this week. Uh, The Colts were last in the league in DVOA against the pass last season. And Andy Dalton, when he faced them, was the quarterback three in the same matchup. And last season, the struggles were obvious for the Cincinnati Bengals offense. They were real, Uh, mostly because of uh, their pace of play and whatnot. They barely ran any plays. But he still put up a quarterback three performance, meaning overall quarterback three isn't even a thing. So I don't know if I had to clarify, but I think Andy Dalton is a solid streaming option this week. Uh, I have Jimmy Garoppolo in a few leagues as my main quarterback. Uh, You guys know I like Alex Smith, the Cardinals. We'll get to that later, but Dalton against Indy is a juicy matchup. All
0: right, let's go to more on the Cincinnati side. John Ross is someone who's been getting a lot of attention. Um, look, the Colts gave up big plays a lot last season. Uh, I, I'm i going to get the number in just a second. I can't find it in my notes, but it was. I, I the, got it. There you go. Go ahead.
1: The Colts gave up the fifth most plays over 20 yards last season. I was going to say it was somewhere in the bottom 20s. Um, if you look at percentage, though, so it was the fifth most over 20 yards, but percentage-wise, it was 20% of the completions that they allowed, which is most in the league.
0: My lord, that think about this for a second. One in every five passes completed <laughs> against the Colts was for over 20 yards.
1: It's like the worst thing I ever heard. Think I didn't about it. Think that about that. I just said it. I know. So, saying that, uh, if you're in a deeper league, 12 man, I'm, it's a little pushing it. 14, I see it. I think John Ross has some flexy, sexy value. Ooh. So John Ross. I'd go Ross over Boyd just because Ross is the superior athlete and when you're tossing up like that, I'd rather take the better player.
0: All right, let's let's give you some either ors. John Ross or Juice Landry. Juice. Um John Ross. I told I said a fourteen man flex. John yeah. Ross or Tyler Lockett.
1: <laughs>
0: Wait till I release my ranking. <laughs> John Ross <laughs> or DJ one. Moore. Uh Ross. Uh John Ross or Anthony Miller? Ross. Mm -hmm. John Ross or Quincy Nuno? Ross. Okay. So there you go. There's there's Jason's thoughts on the matter. Let's go to Tyler Eifert. Um, Supposedly playing. Haven't heard anything that he's not playing. Although there's always a chance that he's not playing. If he does play,
1: what do you see out of him? I don't see much. Really? What's there to see? This guy has had one season where he caught some touchdowns. Even when he caught the 13 touchdowns, he only had 500-something yards. He was basically just a goal line back. That's, be- that's what I'm
0: thinking. I'm thinking goal line. That was like three years ago. <laughs> Out of a tight end, though. That's the
1: last time he was healthy. He's played sporadically since then. Sporadically. He's never been a high-floor person. He doesn't get any yards. If he doesn't catch a touchdown, you're screwed. That's true. Let's go to your favorite guy, Joe Mixon. Got to start him.
0: Got to start Joe Mixon in this one. I mean, you have to.
1: Yeah. I mean, the Colts are worse through the air than on the ground, but that doesn't mean they're good on the ground. They're just a bad defense overall, basically. So if this game goes, surprisingly, even though the Bengals sucked last year, there is some blowout potential in this game in my eyes with Andrew Luck not playing for a long time. And if they do start taking a big lead, Joe Mixon will get more work. Gio Bernard even has a little bit of flex value here.
0: Really? You think Gio Bernard has flex value?
1: I think that he'll get some work.
0: That's a little tough there, but, I mean, it is it is a good matchup. Indy was 31st in DVOA against the pass catcher out of the backfield last year. Not a good look. So Gio Bernard? I, that, yeah, that's a great matchup. I don't know if i want to play Gio Bernard just because I don't know what kind, of, what kind of, you know, playing time he gets.
1: Oh, yeah, I mean, obviously.
0: Let's go to the Colts. Andrew Luck is back, baby. He's back. Captain Andrew Luck is out on a voyage yet again. Um, yet again. Listen, the Bengals D-line is not the type of D-line that he wants to see right off the bat. The Bengals D-line is good. Talking about guys that get to the quarterback very easily. Atkins, Dunlap. These guys are are good. Uh their number one cor- cornerback, William Jackson. It was his first year last year. He ranked number four in PFF. P- P- F- solid F- season. Yeah, really good season. Uh, kind of went underappreciated because there were other two rookies, uh, Marshawn Lattimore and, um, in Baltimore. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. But the Baltimore – I mean, not Baltimore. Uh, Buffalo. Excuse me. The Buffalo – Tredavious White had a – You're saying Baltimore. Fanta- yeah, fantastic rookie season. Um, so he he got overlooked a little bit, but that's a number one cornerback that has number one potential written all over it. Um, but he stays on the side that's not going to be housing T.Y. Hilton. So how does T.Y. Hilton and Andrew Luck connection look like this game to you?
1: My expectations are tempered. Uh, as Wait, the against the Bengals defense? like This is not really a vaunted secondary. It's a underrated defense. The Bengals are just underrated all around because of what happened last season. Uh, can't really explain it. They're a better team than what they did last season. Andrew Luck hasn't played him forever. His uh, velocity was a little down, uh, in the preseason, and also his yards per attempt were almost half of his career. When he was healthy, yards per attempt is a great indicator of a quarterback. And when he was healthy, it was around nine yards, and in the preseason, it was around five. So I mean, that could he just might be have him. just not been cutting yeah. it loose, but he might also be a little scared to cut it loose. He hasn't played in over a year. He's had shoulder problems for two years, so, and as you mentioned, the Bengals' line is very good, defensive line that is. So I'm not trusting Andrew Luck here, and I'll start T. Y. Hilton, but I'm not expecting one of his huge games either.
0: Um, at the tight end position for the Colts, Jack Doyle, um, also Eric Ebron. Yes, we saw them both get work in the preseason. We saw Doyle get more reps, but we saw Ebron be more effective with the reps that he got. Are you scared of that time share there, and do you think any of them
1: is fantasy viable this this week? Uh, potentially. I think that right now you have to trust Jack Doyle. He's been a solid safety blanket for the last two seasons, always in the back-end tight end one category. So, and he had over 100 yards last season against the Bengals, and that was with Jacoby Brissett. Andrew looks a better quarterback than that. So Doyle's a guy I'm starting. Eric Brown is more of a wait and see. I really don't see him gaining much value the entire season with Doyle around. Uh, one guy that I do like for Cincinnati is Jordan Wilkins. Sorry, for Indianapolis. Yeah. Marlon Mack is injured. Kristen Michael is bad. So that leaves Jordan Wilkins, the rookie. Uh, Naheem Hines is a small scat back. Mm-hmm. So he's not going to rush the ball. Honestly.
0: Interesting to see if he gets the passing down work.
1: Yeah, but... Cincinnati allowed 128 rushing yards per game last season. They gave up a solid amount of touchdowns. And Jordan Wilkins is going to be that guy. And uh, it'd be smart probably for the Colts to not put everything on Andrew Luck like they did a few years ago every game. Uh,
0: That's not changing. I mean, their line's a little better, especially on the left side. But they're still putting it all on Luck's shoulder.
1: I mean, of course, but it's his first game back in two years. You don't think they're going to rely a little more on the run? It
0: depends. I mean, their running back is
1: hurt. Jordan Wilkins is better than Marlon Mack. All right, yet to be seen, though. <laughs> I hate Marlon Mack. I mean, Cincinnati's not a good rushing defense. So if there's anyone on the Colts, um, Jordan Wilkins is a free agent in a lot of leagues, and he offers some flex appeal.
0: Is that it? Unless oh, you're going for it. All right, true story. Um, <laughs> I mean, I already mentioned. I mean, any Chester Rogers? You want, you want to say anything about Chester Rogers?
1: Just because we talk about everyone on this show. But yeah. No.
0: You know, we'll say the name. Chester <laughs> Rogers. Don't play him. Um, Bills at Ravens is the next matchup on the slate. Oh, boy. Oh, on the slate. Aye. Oh, boy. It, this is going to be a slobber knocker, I think. Nathan Ready. Peterson gets to start for the Bills. I'm not even. Gonna, let's not name any Bills players. Let's just say this: Are you starting any pass catchers on the Buffalo Bills in this game?
1: No, not even a little bit. There's I, a time and a place to start Calvin Benjamin because of his volume as a wide receiver one, but it is not against Baltimore. Jimmy Smith out doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. The defense is still too good all around.
0: Um, Ravens defense ranked second against the pass in DVOA last season. Ninth against the run. So that's how
1: good that team was. What do you expect from Shady? Uh, I think it might be ugly. Uh, He's going to need to find the end zone early. Because if he doesn't, this can go bad. Uh, But on the flip side, Nathan Peterman is not good. So, I mean, none of the Bills quarterbacks are really good. Josh Allen is still a work in progress. So they're going to lean on Shady. That's why I'm saying he needs to do it early and often. If he has one of those drives where he gets the ball 10 times and puts up 60 yards and finds the end zone, it's possible. But if he starts off slow, it's not looking good. Start the Ravens defense as well. Uh, Yes, bold prediction for this game. Not really that bold. The highest scoring person will be the defensive unit of the Baltimore Ravens. Ooh,
0: Let's go over to the Ravens side. For me personally, this game is more about – sitting back and seeing how the Ravens are using their weapons, right? New weapons all around. Michael Crabtree, John Brown, Willie Sneed. Alex Collins is even a relatively new weapon. Hayden Hurst is their new tight end. He's a new weapon. So you have an entirely new weaponry system in on offense. What are you expecting, and do any of these players stand out to you as a
1: gem of a play this week? Yeah, believe it or not, even though I'm loving Baltimore in this game, Alex Collins is the only guy I'm starting from that team. Just because Michael
0: Crabtree against Tredavious White is not a matchup I like, and you just don't know what you're getting out of John Brown at the moment.
1: Also, I see some... No disrespect to the other fantasy people out there, but I see some people touting Joe Flacco as a streamer, and I just can't get behind that. Joe Flacco has been a terrible quarterback for years now, and for that reason, I'm not trusting Joe Flacco, and I'm not trusting any of his receivers right now. I think... Flacco, if he does have anything going for him, it's his arm. So I think John Brown will have some solid value throughout the season. But the one thing the Bills were very solid at last season was limiting deep plays. Unlike the Bills, they did not, the Colts, they did not give up 20% of their plays long. It was a lot less than that. The Bills were one of the best teams in uh, keeping the ball in front of them, per se. So I don't see John Brown having much success. And... Michael Crabtree's not a super athletic guy. He's more of a, I'm going to out-wrestle you for this ball receiver. And Joe Flacco is not a very accurate passer. So I'd rather wait and see there as well. They're just not a lot to like, honestly, for the receiving core here. Including Hayden Hurst. He's a rookie. Rookies are, Rookie tight ends especially are always starting slow.
0: Uh, I want to talk more about Alex Collins. This is the guy that I was not <clears throat> high on coming into the season in like, July, I have absolutely warmed up to him, and now he's one of my favorite guys. Um, the Bills were 30th in DVOA against the run last season. Uh, Alex Collins had the sixth most, most broken tackles in the league last year, and he missed the first four games completely. Um, speaking of bloodbath, I think that Alex Collins can control the pace of this game early and often. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see two touchdowns, 120 yards on the ground for Alex Collins this week.
1: Yeah, to add on to that, he had six rushing touchdowns in the final seven games last season. And Buffalo allowed 20 rushing touchdowns last season. Uh, the highest percentage of touchdowns on the ground allowed for total touchdowns. So Baltimore Dean, Alex Collins, is looking like a solid, unorthodox stack there in the real world and in DFS.
0: Let's go to another question that I have a personal investment is in because i have a very uh i think unique take on this one i don't know if it's unique but i think that um i'm in the minority of the fantasy community uh bucks at saints let's start with the saints let's start with the running back situation so the two running backs behind alvin kamara both get cut and now Mm -hmm. mike gillisley gets signed and there is only two running backs on the team right now and that is mike gillisley and alvin kamara Look, Sean Payton has been known to pick up people off the street and use them. Jason, you've seen it firsthand. You won a championship on
1: the back of Tim Hightower. You know it. You know what that's like. And throwback to like 2012 or something. Evan Royster. So you've seen Sean Payton
0: has a history of not using one running back. And Alvin Kamara's career high in carries is 12. He did it three times last season. Guess what, Tim? Do you see? Do you really see him going up to like twenty carries? Yes. I don't. I don't see that. Gillisley just joined the team, dude. It doesn't matter. Yes, it does. No, it doesn't. Yes, it does. It does not matter. Yes, it does it not matter. Does. I promise you, Mike Gillisley gets a touchdown in this game.
1: That's an absurd promise. That's like the craziest promise I've ever heard. I don't think so.
0: I think Mike Gillisley plays a prominent role in this offense for the first four weeks of the season. Perhaps after week one, I don't see him.
1: Having have much of a role this
0: week. So you're saying that Alvin Kamara is going to get every single touch out of the backfield for the running back? Was he going to touch? Not every forward? touch. He's gonna. Who's a, who? There's no other he running back. Really got like eight rushes. Eight rushes. Eight rushes. So that leaves what Kamara with what? Kamara will see. How many touches? Twenty-two rushes and twenty-two. Five receptions. So he's gonna break his or seventeen rushes and eight receptions. So he's gonna break his highest ever carry count by tw- by ten. See, the thing, I just think Sean Payton has the long game in mind. I don't think that he uses Kamara like that. I think that he'd rather lean on Gillisley, someone who they like, someone that they mentioned they like. I, I just think that Gillisley is going to be in Mark Ingram's role. He's going to be the third and first and second down back.
1: I really, I really truly believe that. I think that's a crazy statement. But little fun fact, last season, even with Mark Ingram around, Kamara was a running back one and running back three against Tampa Bay. Overall. Top three overall both times.
0: I mean, it's a great let's matchup. Be real. But I'm not taking anything away from Kamara. I'm just giving it to Gilleslie as well.
1: He's going to get more work, man. They
0: just picked this guy up off the street. To For what? To what, though? To what extent? I don't think he gets more than 15 carries. This is week one of a 16-week season. Get,
1: fine, 15 carries, but then he'll get eight receptions. It's They'll true. They'll use but I'm saying swing passes to substitute for the running game. It's
0: true, but you think the running back's only going to touch the ball 20, 25 times? And if no you way. add Gilleslie
1: eight times, that's 32 times. That's too little still. So then Kamara's going to get it, not Gillisley. You're bugging. You'd, you'd start Gillisley in a league.
0: I think you're bu- Yes, I th- I'm i going to. <laughs> I'm going to start my Gillislee because Matt Breida has a really bad matchup against the Vikings, and we'll talk about that in a second. But I can't trust that matchup for Breida. I'd nah,
1: rather start Gillislee.
0: I'm starting Gilson, and I'm going to enjoy crazy. it. And when I score, when he scores a That's touchdown great. and maybe multiple touchdowns, I'm going to laugh in your face next week.
1: Let's be ready. I smell a bet.
0: What? What bet? Who? Who does he score less than? Matt Breida. All right, I'll bet that. All right. All right. Um, I got to write that down. Michael's not here to write it down. It's true. I thought I was going to get away with it. Um. How about the passing game? The Bucs were absolutely the worst team against the pass in the league last year in every single measurable standpoint, and they haven't really made any upgrades in the secondary. They've just upgraded the front seven. Um, I'm starting Mike Thomas, and I'm expecting possible wide receiver one overall numbers from him. Um, I'm starting, obviously, Alvin Kamara. I'm starting Ted Ginn in some cases. And if I'm in a deeper league, I'm starting Cam Meredith. I want all of that. So I want you're all going the on out. I want all the saints, but I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not starting getting Meredith in a ten-team league. Maybe starting getting a twelve-team league, and then in a deep fourteen-man, can Meredith probably
1: play? Uh, well, I'm going to disagree with you there, uh, Drew Brees. The Saints. It seems like they score always a lot on Tampa Bay, but regardless. Drew Brees has been a top-ten quarterback only once in the last four seasons when going against Tampa Bay. So they have limited him, or they've just attacked him on the ground more than through the air. Michael Thomas is always safe. Always. He's a must-start. But I don't trust the other pass catchers in New Orleans. The person I'm keeping an eye on is Traquan Smith. He was a dynamo in the preseason. Ted Ginn is getting older, and... Cam Meredith caught one ball in the preseason coming off injuries. He w- didn't really make his presence known there. I wouldn't be surprised if if Tracon S- Smith can catch a deep ball, there's going to be some waiver buzz next week for him.
0: Saints defense, also a great play this week. Uh, if I had rankings, I'd rank them in the top three of the defenses that I'd play this week, probably after Baltimore. Yeah. And the Steelers probably. No, I think I'd make him over the Steelers. Um, let's go to the Bucs side. Ronald Jones for those of you people that drafted Ronald Jones in the 3rd round of your drafts in like met in like late July uh sorry about that that was a terrible pick um so yeah cuz he's listed as number 3 behind Jekiz on the man, running two. the Jerkis matrix, matrix takes over number 2 uh Peyton Barber number 1 uh are you starting Peyton Barber this week or obviously not starting Ronald Jones but are you starting Peyton Barber
1: not as my running back, too. Okay. Potentially as my flex. Uh, I do not think this is lining up well for Peyton Barber. While he was good last season, over the last few games, he averaged around 80 yards. He was last in the league in long runs for qualified running backs. I think it was at least 100 carries. 3.7% of his runs went for over 10 yards. He's not a, He's more of a grind it out and get you five, four or five yards a carry. He's good at that. Not really good at breaking out long runs. What that tells me is he needs a close game and a lot of work. And with Ryan Fitzpatrick there for the Bucks, starting and not much help around him, if New Orleans goes up early, it'll be ugly for Peyton Barber. Not only
0: that, it'll be ugly for Peyton Barber and it'll also be ugly for Ryan Fitzpatrick, I think I'm not, I'm not a fan of this buck's offense whatsoever. Uh, they played twice last season. Uh, the f- second time was in week 17. So I'm taking that with a grain of st- salt in their week eight matchup. Mike Evans finished as the wide receiver, 80 overall. As you remember, Marshawn, Lish- La- Marshawn Lattimore frustrated him so much that he actually punched him on the sidelines. He got suspended for the next game. Um, that was by far his lowest total last season by far. Uh, Jackson finished at 57. Uh, Cameron Brait finished outside of tight end three. They're really... It's a really bad game. Tight end three really doesn't even exist. Uh, Doug Martin finishes a a running back 64. Now, you're like, oh, yeah, well, Doug Martin sucks. The four weeks prior to that, he finished as a running back one, a running back two, a running back two, and a running back three. Oh, yeah, it's just not good. And Jameis Winston finishes a quarterback three, again, something that doesn't even exist. So... The entire Bucks offense in that game completely shit the bad. Yeah. I would sit them all if I can.
1: Yeah. I, I have a question for you, actually. Mm-hmm. In one of my Brodo leagues. So, in a few leagues, I ended up with Robbie Anderson in a lot of leagues. I liked his value around the sixth round. And listeners know that I drafted Keelan Cole in all of my leagues. Every I, single I one. cannot let him pass me by.
0: And he had to write in the names in half the leagues, too. Yeah. Isn't in that the, crazy? In the live drafts,
1: I had to write him in. Yeah. Uh, in one league, I have Mike Evans, and I have uh, Whoa. A.J. Green starting him, and then I have Robbie Anderson and Keelan Cole. Would it be crazy, Tim?
0: It, it would ob- It would absolutely not be crazy. I know what you're going to ask me. Do you so st- you're telling do me. Do you sit Mike Evans?
1: I could sit Mike Evans and not be a crazy person. Who's your flex? What's wrong, McCoy? I would rather start Evans over over McCoy. So you so you're saying I start Anderson, Cole, and Evans, and sit McCoy. That's what I'm saying. Interesting. I don't like McCoy a, in any way. I'm a little scared of Robbie Anderson in his first game with Sam Darnold.
0: I mean, that's a fair that's a fair thing. That's a let's fair talk thing. about that later. All right.
1: Um, Texans at Patriots is our next. Uh, Hold on, we didn't game. talk about just a quick. Sure. Uh, Chris Godwin and D-Jacks. We don't really know their roles yet, so you don't want to start them. We just talk about their struggles.
0: Uh, uh, you're right. We did. We talk, We touched on them. We didn't talk about them for this matchup in particular. But one talk about the team struggle. For the good... To the, for the Chris Godwin truth, truthers out there, he got listed as the co-starter next to Deshaun Jackson on the on the
1: starting lineup. Yeah. On so the I'm more interested in seeing how that plays out rather than starting one of them this week. And then Cameron Braid and OJ Howard... Uh, I don't know about you, Tim, but me and Michael are still on the Cameron and breakboard. He's always been the uh more productive player when they're both playing. I don't love either though this week.
0: Uh both of them are a stay away in general for the season until that gets sorted out. I just I can't trust either one of them until then. Now we can move on. Texans at Patriots is the next game. Uh Deshaun Watson is back. What do you what do you think? He's pacing a defense that's obviously gonna be ready for him. You know Bill Belichick has been preparing.
1: Yeah, I believe that Deshaun Watson will have multiple turnovers this game.
0: I completely agree with you. I think you've been listening to Veterans Minimum, young man.
1: Have I? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, lost my train of thought there. DeAndre Hopkins, also against the Patriots, has not passed 80 yards ever. So what the Patriots do is they limit the best player, and that's what they do. So DeAndre Hopkins... Probably disappoint. So for you DFS players out there who think it's going to be a shootout and you want to give Watson and Hopkins a lot of love, I don't think that's a great idea. Uh Stephon Gilmore is a good cornerback, and he'll have help. Belichick, as I said, minimizes the best player. Uh, New England defense is good at game planning, and Deshaun Watson, is he's coming off an injury. People are trying to ignore that. He's also young. He only, you know, He's played seven games in his life you to see my home the ball. Uh, <laughs> so if you drafted Watson, you're starting him for his upside. He can always rush in a touchdown and be a top quarterback. But I'm not loving Watson, and I'm not loving Hopkins. Interesting uh, because
0: Patriots not known for stopping fantasy players. They are very much a bend but don't break defense. They allow fantasy players to score, uh, but not necessarily the best fantasy players. Uh what about Lamar Miller?
1: Uh, Lamar Miller is fire him up as a running back too. He'll see the he'll see the work that he needs, and if the Patriots are focused on stopping Watson and Nuke, then Lamar Miller might have some open holes. Uh, did you mention Will Fuller? I did not. Uh, I think he's a crapshoot. He'll either catch a long touchdown or do nothing.
0: He's the kind of guy that if like Jay Ajay shits the bed. On the Thursday night game, and you need a Boomer Bus player in your flex to make up for it. I think Will Fuller is the kind of guy that I'm going to go. For. I
1: think that's a solid thing. Uh, actually, little uh, tidbit here: Bruce Ellington. Um, no, beat out Braxton
0: Miller for that <laughs> job, but
1: just had to mention him. Okay,
0: um, tight end favorite with the Texans. Any any type of inkling? Because no. I've gotten no news. That says any type of yeah, Texans no. running back is a favorite to
1: no to be the guy. We're probably right. in the minority here, but I'm not loving this Texans offense for this game.
0: I'm not loving the Texans in general, and uh,
1: I think Nick's a little crazy with the Super Bowl pick,
0: dude. There's a poll out right now; sixty people voted, and two thirds of them says Nick is more right about the Texans than I am.
1: So they're more likely to make it to the Super Bowl than miss the playoffs. Is that the argument?
0: I I'm. Absolutely flabbergasted, honestly. Um, go vote in that poll, please. Uh, Patriots, let's go over Tommy, terrific, lock and loaded. Obviously, start that guy. Um, Chris Hogan's role, it will be defined in this game, that's for sure. What do you see
1: out of Chris Hogan in this uh, weak secondary? Uh, the secondary is weak, but they did add Aaron Colvin. A very good slot cornerback. And if Chris Hogan's coming out of the slot, that could be a little bit of a problem. I still think you'll see the red zone work and just the targets in general to be a solid wide receiver too. But just something to keep an eye on. Aaron Colvin is a good player. Um, But when you look at the rest of the team in Detroit, in New England, you're not starting Philip or start Cordell Patterson. And you know Gronk is going to kill it. So how can you not start Hogan? Agreed, but here's... A, all right, so how, let's go back
0: to Tom Brady. That line is a complete a complete rebuild. Um, still have good players on the line, but this is a brand new unit. Uh, most of these guys have played with one another, but it's it's not the same when it's not the full unit. Um, and you got on the other side, at least for the beginning of the year, J.J. Watt is healthy. Jadavion Clowney is healthy. Whitney Merciless is healthy. uh, The Honey Badger... Gets pressure on the quarterback. The way you beat the Patriots is you blitz the crap out of them. Rex Ryan kind of laid out the blueprint back in oh nine ten, 9 10 and everyone's been using it since to beat the Patriots. Do you think there's a chance that Houston disrupts the
1: Patriots so much that Tom Brady kind of has a stinker? No. uh, I think Tom Brady always starts off the season well. Uh, I've said it before. I'm not a fan of drafting Tom Brady for the sole reason – Use him, then trade him, is what I'm saying. He is not reliable at the end of the season. And that's typically because the Patriots have a playoff spot locked up. But in the beginning of the season, you need to start Tom Brady.
0: I'm going to be about to give you the hardest sit start cut you've had. Hit me. Rex Burkhead, Sony Michelle,
1: James White. I'm um, starting Rex Burkhead. Even though he's hurt?
0: Questionable right
1: now. Yes. I'm sitting Michelle just for the long term outlook, and I'm cutting James White. But I think James White has some PPR. Uh, value in this
0: game. Uh, what about Sony Michelle? He hasn't played, but all reports says he looks good. Is there a chance that he comes in and takes his job and just kind of runs with it?
1: I think there's no way we see a like a Mike Gillisley type game from Michelle this week. He's a rookie who hasn't played. Patriots defense. Are you comfortable starting them? You said
0: that uh, Deshaun Jackson, I mean Deshaun Watson, might throw some picks. He was on pace for 22 picks in his rookie year. He was also on pace for 70, uh, 58 touchdowns. So, you know, take it with a grain of salt, the 22 interceptions. But it is something – there's always something to be said about a young quarterback who's turnover-prone facing a Bill Belichick defense.
1: I am starting New England defense in one of my leagues.
0: Wow, really? Okay. Yes. So are you banking on a score? Because I feel like this could be a high-scoring game. Are you banking on a defensive score?
1: No, I'm banking on a few turnovers. If, if Houston puts up 20 and – if they lose 28-20 and there's a couple fumbles and a – Couple picks. It's a solid game defensively. All right, let's go over to our next one 49ers at the
0: Vikings. Here is another running back question. Looks like Matt Burita is going to get the first crack in that. Wait,
1: wait, wait. Did you just say Burita? I did. It's Burita. You said Burita. I'm proud of you. What? I'm very proud of you. What I usually say? Burita. Like there's a U there or something. It always bothered me. Really? Yeah. It was called the Matt Burita. Burritos. Doritos, Doritos. <laughs> uh, Question that- for the fans out there because we had an argument this weekend. Uh, Memorial Day weekend. We had a very, very exciting weekend. We were arguing whether Cool Ranch, blue, or spicy sweet chili, purple, are is the better Dorito flavor.
0: You know what? That's like asking who's the better team, the 2018 Astros or the 1962 Yankees. It's like one is a classic, always there legend in Cool Ranch Doritos cool and one is the the new analytics king that just stings your taste buds and you can't get out of here. it just doesn't go out of your mouth oh, I think I think it's it's the purples it's Cool Ranch but my all-time favorite chip is Cool Ranch Doritos really it doesn't good. make any sense <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get to the running backs. Um, Matt Burita is taking first crack at the starter job, but he does draw a tough road matchup against one of the fastest defense in the league. They ranked first in DVOA against the running backs catching passes last year and sixth against the run overall. I am going to sit Burita, even though I took him in the fifth round of my draft, and I'm going to happily start him next week. But is Burita or Morris playable for this week in your opinion?
1: Uh, against the Vikings secondary, I mean, line. Alfred Morris is someone I'm staying away from this week. Uh, he's still new to the team. If I'm going to use that argument against Gillislee, I got to use it against Alfred Morris. Uh, he's still new to the team, and Breida has been taking first-team I mean, reps. I
0: mean, Morris did play two in two preseason games, so
1: it's not exactly the same. One preseason game. He didn't play in the fourth one? Oh, I don't think so. But either way, Breida has been getting the first team reps in practice uh, because Morris is relatively new. And he's more the PPR guy. And when you're facing a team like the Vikings where there's not likely to be multiple rushing touchdowns, maybe not even one, you're going to need the PPR guy. So I think Brita is, has some flex value because you need to attack the Vikings somewhere and it's not really in the outside. But So Morris, I'm keeping on my bench this week. Brita has some flex value.
0: Jimmy G against a pretty tough secondary. Are you streaming him this week?
1: Uh, I actually have Jimmy G as my quarterback in a lot of leagues, so I don't miss, I don't see him as a streamer. I think he's going to be tops in the league. Now,
0: I, let me rephrase that question. Are you streaming against him this week? So, for example, is if he's on your roster, are you
1: picking up a streamer off the ways or an easy match matchup and starting him instead? This is something I'm deliberating right now uh, with Andy Dalton. Uh, Jimmy G... But it's so hard. You saw him put up 40 points against the Jaguars last season when nobody set to start Jimmy Garoppolo. And But when you look at it, the Vikings didn't allow more than 20 points at home last season. Flip side, Jimmy Garoppolo, I know he had red zone issues. Well documented. Fine. I don't care about that. The Niners scored in 60% of his possessions last season. That's unbelievable. And it's not a fluke. He's a good quarterback, probably a great quarterback. And great quarterbacks are the ones that do stuff against good defenses. But then on the flip side, this is this is eating at me. I think you can tell. Minnesota has only allowed four quarterback one finishes under Mike Zimmer the last four seasons. What?
0: That I mean, that's your answer, bro. <laughs> Honestly, that's your answer.
1: That's an average of one QB one finish a game a, a year. year.
0: That's ins. That's absolute insanity. Mike Zimmer. Always ran crazy defenses in Cincinnati. Yo, Jason, that stat, it's a killer. Fuck Jimmy G this week. For <laughs> real. Don't do it, Jay. Um, Marquis Goodwin is going to be targeted heavily. We definitely know that. Which I look for him this week? Another guy I'm torn on. I'm just torn
1: on the Niners. I'm a big fan of the Niners this year. I have Jimmy G, Goodwin, Morris, and Kittle all in one team. It's kind of excessive. <laughs> uh, it's going to be interesting. Garcon may line up more on the side of Xavier Rhodes, which would make Goodwin more enticing.
0: I was going to say, Xavier Rhodes usually is more of a better fit with uh, bigger guys anyway. It's the small, fast guys who usually give him fits.
1: And that's the thing. Goodwin, he might not be the most polished receiver, but he's fast enough to run by anyone. Yeah. Doesn't matter who the guy is. So if you sit Goodwin, you might miss out on an eighty yard touchdown. But he's also now the number one receiver where he's gonna get a lot of targets. So you might also miss out on seven catches and eighty yards. So it's tough to sit him, but if there ever was a time to, it's this game. So he's a wide receiver three for me right now. On the fringe. Pierre Garcon. Garcon I'm not starting. Yeah. He's um, not athletic enough to uh outduel his secondary. George Kittle. Kittle is someone I'm starting as well. Um in a tough matchup, Mr. GQ may lean on his tight end for help and we've mentioned that's really his only red zone target. So one of they,
0: the, one of the big reasons why I'm cold on the 49ers this season is because they have no true red zone threat.
1: I think they'll make it work.
0: So, Kittle I'm starting. Here's one. Here's my dart throw of the week. You ready? slot receivers had the most success against the vikings last year they ranked 15th in dvoa right in the middle of the league which doesn't sound like a terrible number but when you rank second against all the other receivers yeah. and you rank first in defense overall in the entire league it is you go going my boy trent taylor trent taylor yeah sneaky dfs player. i like trent taylor sneaky 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 uh let's go over to the vikings you like the vikings d this week let's get let's get that done right off the bat you are you uh are you a fan of vikings d
1: yeah, if you drafted them, you yeah. have to, I mean... It's you're you're playing them week in and week They're out. one of the best defenses in the league.
0: If yeah. you spent the draft capital to draft the Vikings, yeah. and you're sitting them against the 49ers... That's
1: unbelievable. Reevaluate. Um One thing I did, actually, <laughs> we drafted yesterday in one of our leagues, and I'm facing Michael week one. And he got James Conner. And I was like, I need to do something to win week one. Because I have all these 49ers against the Vikings. Did you pick up Mike Gilsley? No, what I did Shut was... Up. I'm always a late like super late defense guy but in the 14th round out of 16 I took a Baltimore D. I did that just to beat Michael this week.
0: Do you know what's funny? I took a kicker in the 14th round as well, but I have a good excuse. No. I no, I do have a good excuse. I was going to take Gillisley in that round and then I saw who everyone had had already and everyone needed kickers and defenses at the last rounds. Okay. So, I decided got a good kicker. Let me get the pick of the litter of kicker and I got myself Will Lutz. And this is the first time I have, like, a, a really, truly elite kicker on my squad.
1: That's not a bad strategy. Right? I was impressed with myself.
0: I'm not going to lie to you. Even though taking a kicker in the fourth It ground, only
1: worked because we made it mandatory because it was a live draft to take a defensive kicker.
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah. It would. Yeah. if I didn't have to take a defensive kicker. That wouldn't work at all. Yeah. Um, Let's go to the Vikings. Uh. Auto-corrected into Alvin Cook. Dalvin Cook returns. Um, what would you consider a successful showing in his first game back from a major surgery and facing a defense that has had its woes against the run?
1: Uh, Honestly, I think 80 yards and I'd be happy.
0: Without a touchdown? Yeah. How many catches? Three. And how many receiving yards?
1: 25.
0: In a PPR league, you're talking about 13.5 points. I think if he puts that up, that's horrible.
1: Yeah, I know. But it's his first game. He's a young player. He's played four games in his life. And he's coming off an injury. And Latavius Murray will probably be a little involved. I don't love Dalvin Cook this week. I know the matchup says you should. But I'm letting others take him in DFS and slobber over him. Interesting. Interesting. And I know... Uh, I'm one of the people slobbering. And I know Zimmer said he's all systems go and whatnot. Yeah. But the 49ers are also bad against the pass. True. And they got Rudolph, Diggs, Thielen, Cousins. So if they decide to go pass heavy, if Garoppolo does get through this defense and score some points, Cook might not see as much work. And even if – or if they take a lead, Cook still might not see that much work because he's coming off an injury – and Latavius Murray was a good running back last season. Plus four hundred Latavius Murray scores a touchdown. You taking that bet? I'd throw ten bucks on that.
0: <laughs> That's it? Just ten? <laughs> For those of you listening to VM, you know my small bets? Jason and Michael. <laughs> you haven't met small bets, until so you met Jason and Michael. I mean, well, I'm gonna spend real money on Latavius Murray scoring the touchdown. Percentage wise then. What are the percentage what's the percentage chance that Latavius Murray scores a touchdown this game? Thirty five. I was going to say 33 We're on the same page. Uh, Diggs versus Richard Sherman is the matchup. And if they don't match that up, it's going to be Richard Sherman against Laquan Treadwell. And I was talking about this in the other in the, uh, in the VM, actually. Diggs versus Richard Sherman is going to be a real head spinner for Richard Sherman. Because right now, all of the um, reports that are coming out saying that Richard Sherman is getting absolutely torched in practice. Now, a lot of that probably is due to a Marquise Goodwin. But... Stephon Diggs is better than Marquis Goodwin. And can
1: run almost as fast as Marquis Goodwin. Yes, can I'm not worried at all, and I think that this the name of Richard Sherman might scare some people off in D, uh, in DFS, and I think he could be a very solid low owned candidate. Closely monitoring
0: uh, monitoring personally how Adam Thielen is being used with by Kirk Cousins because. He was Case Keenum's favorite guy last year. Yeah. And I think a lot of that had to do with his production. I was in a draft recently where Adam Thielen went two picks before Stefan Diggs did. Personally, I don't understand. I think
1: Michael took Thielen first. I'd rather have Diggs.
0: Michael took Thielen. I would rather have Diggs as well. Um, But I'm starting both in this game. But it's going to be really interesting to monitor Thielen with Cousins behind center. There's no D at the end
1: of the name, right? It's hard for me not to say Thielen. (sighs) Why? I don't know. (laughs) But I agree. Uh... It's definitely something I want to monitor.
0: Kyle Rudolph is facing rookies and backups at linebacker and those safeties are gonna have to be covering the wide receivers. Kyle Rudolph is a top three tight end this week in my opinion.
1: You know uh what movie is it? I think Big Daddy, the mm-hmm. the like bum guy He's like, Hell yes. <laughs> <laughs> that is the gif that I wanna put up on Twitter when I talk about Kyle Rudolph this <laughs> <week>. <laughs> You should make that you should make that gif. I should.
0: Uh, our last game that we're going to be going over is the Titans. In part one. In part one, excuse me, is the Titans at the Dolphins. Let's talk about this. This is a chance for the Titans to see exactly what the Matt Floor, Matt LaFleur system is all about. It's a chance for them to flex their muscles a little bit because the Dolphins got rid of their best defensive player. They do add Mika Fitzpatrick, who had a good and a very solid preseason, but that is just preseason. Uh, let's start in the backfield for the Titans. Deion Lewis. Derek Henry, I think both of them are startable this week. I think both of them have running back two upsides, and I would be comfortable starting either or both.
1: Uh, I'm going to agree with you there. I think that Henry Lewis and Delaney Walker are all safe plays this week. I think they can all be productive. Uh, let's be real. The best positions on the Titans are those two. I, Xavier Howard, at the end of last season, was becoming a lockdown corner. Rashard Matthews hasn't played all offseason. I'm not loving... Even though it might look like a good matchup, I'm not loving the wide receiver options here. I think this is going to be a very running back-heavy, tight end-heavy game for the tight ends. As you said, I'm cool with Henry and Lewis as running back twos. And, of course, it, it kind of goes without saying that you're starting Delaney Walker.
0: Interesting. So you think Howard is going to shut down Corey Davis like that?
1: I do not like Corey Davis. Why?
0: All year, you've been kind of shitting on him. I have been I took him in two drafts, and each one, you're looking at me like, Gross. There's a...
1: Chemistry issues, man.
0: Chemistry? He came... He missed the whole season, came
1: back in the playoffs, and scored two touchdowns and, and got 90 yards. Fine. Whatever. It, wasn't Could 90, fine it wasn't, whatever. it wasn't 90 yards. It was 90 yards. It was 90 yards. I promise you it was 90 anyway, yards. anyway... I promise you. They couldn't even connect in the preseason. When you watch him and Mariota, there is a noticeable disconnect there.
0: I think it might just be me nitpicking, yeah, but I think, I think there's a noticeable it. disconnect. Speaking of Mariota... I think he has a chance to make some real noise in this game uh, with his legs and with his arm. What do you see out of Mariota? Uh, I think he's a back-end streamer. I agree. I think that if if you have a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo, I think Marcus Mariota would be someone I'm streaming instead. I think Dalton is the number one streamer this
1: week, but Mariota would be someone... Probably a quarterback 15 16 range when I do my ranking.
0: All right, so let's see. Let's do it. Let's do it either or again. Mariota or Matt Ryan? Mariota. Marcus Mariota or Ben Roethlisberger? Mariota. Mariota or Patrick Mahomes?
1: Mariota. Mariota or Derek Carr? Mariota. Derek Carr, don't even get me started with the Raiders. I'm literally not starting one Raider.
0: Jason is, I, I just want to tell you for the last week, Jason has been so disgusted by the Raiders organization, <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous. Like, he gets legitimately angry when we talk about
1: the Raiders organization. Listen, you people out there, put all your money, put down your mortgage on, oh. on Raiders Under.
0: <laughs> Yo, Jason said that, not me.
1: <laughs> Raiders Under 8 wins is... oh. Where
0: are you getting them at 8? Everywhere. What sportsbook are you looking at?
1: Everywhere. No way. Yeah. I don't know about that. sports Sportsbook is a hundred percent on eight. You wanna to go to Jersey then? I do. I wanted to do it, but
0: they weren't letting me do it over the phone. And you said you uh <laughs> you said you really like Delaney Walker in this one. Yeah. All right, yeah, I really like Delaney Walker as well. Let's go over to the Miami side. Um You don't know what you're getting out of Ryan Tannehill, although he was on the way up in terms of performance uh when he went down. It's gonna be interesting to see what he could bring you. How you can't stream Tannehill this week, but no. it's going to be interesting to see how he does.
1: Not for nothing. The Dolphins scored eleven more points per game at home last season. But that wasn't with Tannehill. It'll be interesting to see what he does, but I'm not I'm not even coming close to touching him. I actually think the Tennessee run defense is very good. Uh but they were last in receiving points allowed to running backs last season. So that's something that not everyone's gonna know. Again, if you're looking into DFS, people might fade Kenny on Drake, but the only reason why people are concerned about his playing time is Frank Gore, and Frank Gore is not catching the ball out of the backfield. Right now, they're listed as co-starters on the. I'm aware. I'm not worried. It's an
0: interesting. It's an interesting move by Adam Gates, Frank Gore, who, who continues to prove his inadequacies as a
1: head coach. I in mean, my opinion. It might just be a technicality where Frank Gore comes in for the first play, runs three yards. And then all three right, so out. why
0: even do that to the young kid? Because the case is Like, weird. why not just put him as a starter and then start somebody and then play get play Gore?
1: I don't know. But all I'm saying is I think he's a safe floor this week because Tennessee can't block the pass out of the backfield. It's
0: ridiculous. Um, Kenny Stills it seems to be the number one wide receiver op- option. He, he draws a matchup against uh mr butler who mysteriously did not play in the super bowl he's gonna be making his first appearance since since then um in the new almost all patriots um patriots cornerback group uh with the titans you got logan ryan and you got uh, malcolm butler yeah. in there uh how do you like kenny stills in that matchup that he's drawn against butler uh wide receiver three or better or no
1: uh, I think he's a flex-worthy, possibly wide receiver three. He definitely has value as the number one this week. Devontae Parker's out. Without Devontae Parker, Kenny Stills averages 49 yards a game. That's up from 42 with him. And then he averages point forty five touchdowns a game, up from point thirty six. So there's small differences, but there's significant differences. And I think Kenny Stills offers some upside there. They have to throw to someone. And also, Danny Amendola, I'm talking about Logan Ryan... Amendola put up 74 yards against him on six catches in the playoffs last season. I know Tom Brady was throwing the ball. But that's some proof that Danny Amendola can work Logan Ryan a little bit. So, and he's going to be the slot receiver. Jarvis Landry's gone. Tannehill likes to throw to the slot. Amendola is a little interesting as well.
0: Uh, very interesting. What about uh Albert Wilson? He he goes from a natural slot receiver over to the outside. What do you expect out of so, Albert Wilson if he, I'm not touching Albert Wilson. One person who really got on everyone's radar after the first preseason week and then continued to fade and fade and fade and fade uh, Mike Gasecki, the rookie uh, tight end from out of Penn State.
1: Yeah, I could have told you that. <laughs> rookie tight ends are never good. Michael and Tim convinced us to, convinced me, uh, you didn't convince me. I just said fine because they outnumbered me. Yo, can you to re- take Gasecki in a best ball league?
0: It was in the 24th round of a best ball league, whatever. Bro. There were better tight ends there. No, there wasn't. <laughs> You're gonna take upside in the best ball league. Uh making it seem like I took him in the eighth round or some shit. Whatever. Ay, aye, ayay. Rookie tight ends are never the answer. That's all I have to say. <laughs> all right. So with that, are we missing anyone, Jason? We we didn't do the dolphins. We yeah, did do the we dolphins. We just did the dolphins. We look. just did are the Dolphin dolphins. Yep. Yeah, what the hell am I talking about? It's getting about? late, kid. It is getting late. It is eleven oh one PM. And
1: we still got part two, baby. We still
0: got part two to record. <laughs> so let's get it, Jason. Where can they find you? At Jason Petrop. You can find me at Timber Tribe on all social media outlets, but only if you're feeling real, real, real frisky. Check out Veterans Minimum for all things sports. Check out Santa Gato Studios for all things Santa Gato Studios. Until then, see ya later.